Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. It's time for another Your Financial Mission, the podcast that helps you learn a little bit more about the financial world. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus. She is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors and your financial commander here to deliver the straight skinny on your financial plan each week here on the podcast, serving you in Columbia, Howard County area and beyond. You can find us online at theuswealthadvisors.com. Janine, hope you're doing well this week. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. It is a gorgeous day outside. And of course, everybody around here wants to be outside. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think uh, we're going to be able to say that about at the beginning of every podcast for the next couple of months, we're going to be able to say it's a beautiful day today. Absolutely. Because it's uh, it's finally that time of year, I think, where we can enjoy these things as we're recording this one at the beginning of May. Well, we've got lots of great stuff to talk about on today's podcast. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about the important things that you should know about 401k rollovers, an important topic for a lot of retirees and folks approaching retirement. So if you are in that group, this will be important information for you to know. We've got a really good question from Roger to feature in the mailbag in a couple of moments. But as always, it's first time to see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So there was a report, and I think this one's going to really, I'm kind of interested to see how much this one sets you off, Janine, knowing your personality here. There was a report recently that 20% of college students who are receiving financial aid are using some of that money to invest in, wait for it, Bitcoin. (laughs) Without using any obscenities or profanities and the like, please discuss. (laughs) (laughs) First off, I would say, what? And then, because who in their right mind would do that? But you know, a lot of students aren't in their right minds, I think sometimes. But my question for whoever wrote the report is kind of where did they get the information? Because technically, financial aid goes from the lender directly to the school. So how are they getting this financial aid, their hands on it? And, you know, if it came from parents or wherever they're getting it from, if they were getting their hands on it and did something like that, somebody needs to sit them down real quick and have a discussion about risk. And the fact that if you lose it all, you realize you you have to pay it back yeah. because it's financial aid money. So how is that going to work? I don't know how they got to the figure. I do suppose there are ways, though, that if you've already received enough financial aid to pay for school, then after it gets sent to the school, they just then funnel it to the individual person. I believe that's how it happened uh, with Connie, actually. My wife is in grad school right now, and I mm-hmm. think one of her first grants or uh, or loans or whatever that went through, they actually distributed more than was necessary for that first semester. And so then we got a check from the school for the amount that it was over. And then I just used that amount to actually pay toward the next semester so that it- you Which know, would we make didn't have, sense. Yeah, we didn't have to use as much. I should have invested in Bitcoin, apparently, if I wanted to be like <laughs> the other 20% of these folks out there. 
Uh, yeah, because uh, nothing like investing in, in an extremely risky asset <laughs> that you have no guarantee that there's any return on. And yeah, we have you know all, all kinds of stories where guys have made a lot of money, but also a lot of stories where people have lost a lot of money. And that isn't the thing that students should be doing. But you're right. If you got cash, it should go to the next semester or because you're going to owe the money back. And that's what I think a lot of these folks have forgotten. I mean, when you have kids graduating from colleges that don't understand interest calculations on credit cards, I'm assuming those would be the ones investing in Bitcoin. Could be. Absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. So if you've got a grandkid, you want to help them get through school, your advice would be to not utilize Bitcoin as that method of help. Exactly. Okay. Good point. Good point. That was a fun version of what's happening in the news. And uh, very clear, I think, our opinions on that one. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, that sound means it's time to take one of uh, the great questions that we get from listeners like you in the mailbag portion of the podcast. This one comes to us from Roger. Roger says, I've had some losses in my IRA recently, Janine. Nothing huge, but it still makes me nervous. My broker says he's not worried about it because everything goes up in the long run, but I'm 60 years old and I'm not sure he understands my sense of urgency. Is he right and should I just chill out? Well, that's a little bit of a tough sell, especially since you have some emotional investment in this money. Yes, he's right that, yeah, in the long run, the market does go up, but obviously it's going to be dependent upon how you are invested or allocated. But primarily, the advisor should address your concerns, because if you're really worried about this money, then you have then a conversation should ensue that discusses your allocation and risk tolerance, risk loss tolerance is really what it is, and, and how you're allocated, because if you don't understand that, then there is unnecessary worry. So you need to understand how you're allocated and what the real risk or standard deviation, you know, for the technical term, what is it? And can you stomach it? And if he's not addressing that, he or she, then you, uh, there's a big conversation that needs to happen because you shouldn't be worried. There's nothing, at least currently, there's nothing out there in the market that's going to cause the whole thing to collapse like in 2008. But it's still a genuine concern when you see assets go down. Everybody has that. So you definitely need that conversation. What is my real risk of loss? Hmm. Do you see that often, Janine, where somebody comes in and they are looking to you for a second opinion on maybe what their current advisor is doing, or maybe even if they're a do-it-yourselfer on what they themselves have been, you know, they're, they're looking for validation in, in ways like this? Well, it's really interesting because you have a lot of DIY do-it-yourselfers. Oh, I'm going to just go stick it over here in Vanguard. And everybody can do that or, you know, feels very uh, confident about doing that when the market is going up. But as soon as you have a pretty significant dip in the market, everybody does start to question themselves or question what they're doing. And most often what I see is people will take a much bigger loss because they have overweighted to a certain sector of the market. And so they don't really understand that an integrated portfolio with all the asset classes is going to mitigate a lot of those kinds of risks. So you can't, typically what I try to avoid is getting to a situation where somebody's who's a do-it-yourselfer wants a second opinion. I, I'm like, I'm not going to give you a second opinion because you're comparing apples and oranges. 
Good um, points. Beca- yeah. Because of what somebody else is doing or what you are doing and what we can do. So I don't want to get stuck in that comparison competition because it really isn't about that. It's what are we trying to solve? And so, yeah, it's an issue for a lot of people. And that concern is real. But then you have to dive a little deeper and find out, well, well, you know, how do we fix this so that you can literally invest and worry less? Well, it's a good question, Roger. Thank you for submitting that one. Roger asking about IRAs, certainly a very popular investment vehicle. But another one, and this will be the uh, main portion of our conversation today, are 401ks. And a lot of us certainly have 401k plans through our employer. Now, maybe it's a 403b plan or something similar, but it's in that 401k vein or family. And we want to talk about some of the important things you should know about 401k rollover. So the, that place in the financial world where 401ks and IRAs merge together. Now, Janine, we've done podcasts before talking about the importance of not leaving a 401k with your old company after you no longer work there. I want to explore some of the benefits of doing a rollover where you might want to move that money into something like an IRA. And we want to explore some of the tax implications and other essential things you should consider. But since we have talked before about not leaving that 401k behind, what are the benefits that you see people you know, reap when they roll an old 401k into an IRA? What's the benefit and the why of doing something like that? Well, the way we operate, you've got access to more research, institutionally built portfolios that are truly globally diversified and properly allocated based on the discussion we have about how they, what's your time horizon and risk tolerance for the allocation, for the proper allocation. That is really important because there's a feedback loop there. You don't necessarily have that in your old 401k where you have, you know, various mutual funds, some are better than others. And I'm talking 401k plans or 403b plans and what what is offered on those plans. If you have a plan, and I know there's a very large defense contractor that their plan uh, includes up to 11,000 different funds you can choose from. So they just went out to the universe and said, here, you can have it. Well, where do you even start? If that's not what you do, that's a very difficult position to start from. So moving to an IRA is going to give you a much more strategic positioning of your assets with an expectation of that risk-reward ratio that you need to have for the long haul. So yes, you have a different investment choice. And yes, there's a there, there are a lot of not so great choices out there, even in the IRA market. But if you're working with an advisor that can get access to institutional platforms that you cannot get access to, then that's a very significant plus. Because typically, they're very much less expensive. They're more successful long term, you know, when you look at the research. And that's going to help you get to the goal in retirement. You also have the ability when, you know, if you're working with an advisor, the ability to work with an advisor and discuss all the money decisions around that money. Because how you do your distributions and, you know, all the other decisions you make are very significant for making sure that the money actually does what you need it to do. Hugely important, I think, to kind of analyze, you know, the benefits, but also the downsides of doing any type of financial change. And I know that's where a lot of the worry comes into play when people start talking about doing a rollover, Janine, the tax implications of doing something like that. Is there a big downside? Is there something to be worried about in that regard? Well, there are a couple of things that come into play. If you are retiring early, 
you have to be very careful that you don't take money directly from a, a 401k plan or even an IRA because then you're going to be subject to the 10% penalty. So retiring early is you want to transfer, like if you leave the company or and you go to another company, then you can do a what's called a direct transfer. It's a custodian to custodian transfer. There is no tax implication for that. But if you do take money out of a plan early, you're going to have a 10% penalty and it's taxed at ordinary rates. So I did have a client do that recently. And for compliance reasons, I had to, I went through and just discussed with her all of the permutations of what she was going to, you know, what she was going to suffer tax wise for doing that. And it was a significant amount of money because she's in her early fifties. And so that it's not the most, I would say conservative thing to do with your money, but this is something she really wanted to do. So in the end, it's the client's money. I just have to make sure they're very well informed of options and, and consequences. So moving, you know, there are also hidden fees in 401ks that you don't see, whereas in, in an IRA, you can actually reduce a lot of those fees depending on the IRA allocation. And that's very important. Yeah, big, big importance, I think, there as well. Here's the magic question, though. Let's say, all right, I like the benefits of doing these 401k rollovers, but here's the problem. I'm still working for the company where I have my 401k. I'm not in that situation where I've got an old one or a 401k from an old company. What options do folks in that situation have? Well, a lot of that is going to depend on the plan the structure of the plan and whether the plan allows you to do that. There is a, a an option called the in-service withdrawal. And typically for a lot of plans, you have to be 62 to do it. And so if you don't have a very good plan or you don't even want to be bothered with trying to do the options, you want a portfolio, you can then do what's called an in-service withdrawal and move the money from the 401k to an IRA. At that point, it doesn't matter you know, if you're taking money or out or not, because you're beyond the 59 and a half and there's no penalty, it's just ordinary income tax. But there usually is a caveat for your ability to do that based on age. If you have a TSP and you're working for the government, that's a little bit different strategy. People can retire at 55, they retire earlier. You know, there's some, some advantages, disadvantages to what they can do. But you have to look at what the plan says because that's going to be a, a very important consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Last but not least, how do you determine what kinds of investments you should be rolling your 401k into? So you make the transfer, but we're just talking about the, the vehicle. What about the stuff we put inside the trunk of the vehicle? What passengers are we bringing along for the ride inside that IRA? And how's that different from what would have been inside the 401k vehicle? Well, typically in a 401k, you've got various different mutual fund families that you can select. When you move to an IRA, the same is true. I mean, if somebody's on a, a pretty open platform where they're picking and choosing which mutual funds to use or which stocks to use or some combination thereof, the same thing can exist and you can still have the same fees. You may not have the 12B1 wrap fees or the other fees that are present in a 401k. I mean, the news is rife with instances of 401ks being pretty terrible and employees suing the company because the, you know, the mutual funds are terrible, but you can actually get into the same situation in an IRA if you're not careful. So you want to make sure that what you're moving to, you understand it makes sense. The overall portfolio allocation makes sense and that you're leaning towards working with somebody who's fee-based 
and is providing access to institutional types of portfolios because they're integrated, they're less expensive, and they work as intended, which is very important. Well, it's all helpful information. Anything we're missing here, Janine, when it comes to 401k rollovers that uh, we haven't asked or, or covered so far? Well, you know, a couple things I'd like to just bring up that people should just consider. There are some, you know, it's pros and cons. If you have company stock in a 401k, you have the ability to do what's called a net unrealized appreciation move, which is moving the stock out of the 401k because everything coming out of a 401k is taxed at ordinary income, doing what's called the NUA option, you're taxed on the basis of the stock, which hopefully you or the plan administrator has been tracking. And so it's much, much less, and the stock can be sold at the capital gains rate, which is much less generally than ordinary income. So that's an option, and you really need to consider it if you're considering doing something like that. There are some caveats to that, of course, because it's the IRS, but you want to make sure that you don't run afoul of some of these rules. If you plan to work past age 70 and a half, you don't necessarily have to take money out of RMDs, out of a 401k, if you're still working at that company. Government workers don't have to necessarily take money out of their TSPs if they're continuing to work past 70 and a half. I've met quite a few of those. I think they're crazy, but you know. <laughs> And you may want to borrow against your 401k. I wouldn't recommend it because then you're paying back the loan with after-tax money. And then when you take the money out of your 401k, you're taxed again. Not exactly a good plan. So there are some things you just want to make sure that you consider when you're moving and to what you're moving to to make sure that it it's going to work long-term for you. Well, Janine, thanks as always for giving us the straight skinny on uh, the important financial topics of the day today, 401k rollovers. And helpful as always. Thanks for, for the question as well from Roger. And uh, always fun to joke a little bit about what's happening with Bitcoin in the financial world and how people uh, are turning to some of just the craziest things with their financial situation with their money. But um, I know you kind of keep us on the, the right path, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Walter. Always fun. That's Janine Theus. She is your financial commander here on Your Financial Mission, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. Great chance for me to remind you, by the way, if you have questions about your financial plan or you want to learn more about things like what we talked about today, 401k rollovers, IRAs, those sort of things. There's great information in this toolkit that Janine has put together for you. If you have not gotten a copy of this toolkit before, now's a great opportunity to order your free kit. It's called the Retirement Rescue Toolkit, and it's packed with a book, an audio CD, some DVDs, a couple of other good reports as well, and a few other goodies inside of this toolkit. It's a physical box that Janine will send to you if you would like to have it. All you have to do is look in the description of today's episode or go to Janine's website, theuswealthadvisors.com, and click on the link that's in that description or it's on her webpage as well, and order your free retirement rescue toolkit. And Janine will pack that up, send it to you in the mail, and you'll be able to get some of these goodies and uh, resources for you to learn a little bit more about financial planning. I find that it's a great toolkit based on the feedback we get for a lot of folks who are kind of just beginning that retirement planning process. Maybe you've you've kind of had a plan in place that you've done on your own, but you haven't really reevaluated where you've stood in quite a while. 
it's a great way to get the process started again. Or if you've never looked at putting a financial plan together in place at all, this, again, is a great launching point for you. So get your Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Again, all you have to do is click on the link in the description to get that toolkit or just go to Janine's website, theuswealthadvisors.com. And I suppose if you're old-fashioned, you want to talk with somebody and order the toolkit and get more information, you can call and reach Janine, and uh, probably Gracie will be the one who answers the phone when you dial in. And that number is 443 718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time on Your Financial Mission. 